Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast about failure and success, hosted by John Biggs. Every week, we talk to an amazing person about a time they failed and what they learned. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going. Welcome back to Keep Going, a podcast about failure and success. I'm John Biggs. To end the show, we have Elliot Pepper. He's a science fiction author and I guess you'd say public intellectual about the future. Uh, welcome, Elliot. Thank you, for, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, John. I know. I'd love to have you on because uh, you're doing exactly what I want to do when I grow up, uh, is, <laughs> which is write cool books for uh, smart people. Um, so why don't you tell us what you've been working on and tell us about your, uh, I guess, the I guess the failure that you faced Uh if that, if that's, I don't want that to sound too harsh, but I think that's uh, that's what we're trying to do here, right? Sure, absolutely. So, I mean, I certainly don't feel like I've grown up yet, for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so good luck to you. Uh, um, uh, yeah, well, um, you know, I had a, a really tough moment when I was working on on Reaper, which is the the uh, my latest novel came uh -huh. out last year. And, um, you know, Reaper was my, is my 10th novel. So it wasn't my first time around the block. Um, and I was working on the rough draft and, you know, uh, you sort of get into a flow state when you're, or I get into a flow state when I'm writing fiction. And, um, and I was working on the rough draft and I was really excited about it. I had all of these ideas that I was sort of weaving into the story and um, I finished the rough draft. And when I finished the rough draft, I knew, like, you know, when you know something like deep down inside you, I knew this is the best book I've ever written, mm -hmm. like by far, like it's tight, like it's ready. Like, sure, we need to do some, you know, we'll have to polish it. And I'm sure that there are countless, you know, grammatical mistakes and things like that, that, that I need, you know, copy edited. Um, but wow, this novel is just ready to go. I can't wait to put it into readers' hands. And I had never felt that finishing a novel before. This was like, okay, I guess at number 10, I finally figured out what it means to write a novel. So I take the draft, and like every draft, um, like every rough draft, I sent it out to um, a few beta readers, basically a, a small brain trust of, of folks, um, including my wife, uh, another novelist, um, a friend who spent 10 years at Pixar, um, people who, you know, really have, they, they each of them bring a unique perspective to the table in terms of input and critical feedback on the first drafts of, of any of my books. And so, you know, I sent off the manuscript and I was, I was just thrilled, you know, I was like, okay, like, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be big. This is going to be fabulous. And, um, and then I hear back and every single one of them pointed out these enormous holes <laughs> in the story, like, like just, like like massive 
plot hole, both plot holes, like holes in sort of where the where the story was going, but also character inconsistencies, just these fundamental problems. It was like if you um, you know you built a house and then you had the inspector come by and they're like, oh yeah, like your foundation is made out of Jenga pieces, mm-hmm. right? Like like this is just totally worthless like like sure maybe you have a nice facade or you know you did the finishing touches on the bathroom really well um but but this building isn't sound mm-hmm. um and and i was absolutely crushed partially i mean not least because i had been so confident in the work um and uh and so i was i was really crushed and it took months to figure out i I thought that, well, I, my first thought was maybe I just need to scrap this entire project. Maybe I, maybe this is just the wrong book and I need to throw it away and just start on something new um, or, 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 ch- <laughs> or do something else instead of writing <laughs> for that matter. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, I also thought about, well, maybe I need to take this novel and maybe this isn't meant to be a novel maybe it's meant to be three different novels Mm -hmm. and like i need to rewrite it and take all the you know these sort of different characters and just write a book about each of them that are totally unrelated um uh you know so i went through many iterations i tried all of these different things none of which worked um and for months i was stuck um and it was really painful. I never experienced that. Like, like I feel like every novel I work on, I experience some kind of like creative crisis mm-hmm. at some point in the writing process. But this was by far the deepest hole I had dug for myself. And, um, and it wasn't until months later that I went back and and um, revisited a short story that I had sort of writ- written on a whim nine months before in a single afternoon. And I, I read over that short story and then I read it again and again. And I realized that maybe if I hijacked that short story, um, I could use its structure to reformat the novel almost like a you know like a dj taking mm-hmm. l- loops from old tracks and remixing them into a new song and uh so that's what i did i i i i uh i took that short story and i used it as a seed around which to grow and basically a, a a new version of the novel and i i wound up uh changing you know a number of the main characters like the point of view characters i wound up uh rewriting most of it and then adding like 40 percent new material so the the resulting book was very very different from mm-hmm. um from the rough draft i had sent out to my little brain trust and the revisions like what it took to take that broken story and fix it took significantly longer than writing the rough draft in the first place. And, you know, ultimately, I'm really proud of how the novel came out, but 
it is the result of like probably the most abject creative failure I've experienced. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So do, do you do you know one. what do you know what why you thought it was so great? I mean, it's hard to it's hard to explain, but I mean, I I I kind of understand what you're saying. Like, you just mm-hmm. wrote something and it's the best thing ever. Like, and I, and as a journalist, yeah. I have to I have to basically say, okay, well, I just spit this out. I'm done. I gotta I gotta keep going. Um, mm-hmm. so that's sort of, that's sort of, um, that sort of joy of creation is kind of closed to me. Um, mm. but it feels like, it feels like in this case you had a, you had an actual joy of creation, which, which people didn't agree with. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's really hard to try to get that perspective on your own work. That's mm-hmm. almost precisely why I always solicit this kind of input from others because I'm so in the weeds that, um, that I, that it's, that it, that it's really hard to see the forest for the trees. Um, you know, okay. So if you've hosted dinner for friends, right, you know, sometimes you host a dinner and it's, and you're all stressed out and you're trying to cook and it doesn't work out, but sometimes, um, you host a dinner and, and, and you feel like you really pull it off. Like, you know, they, they come, the food's ready at the right time. <laughs> it tastes the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you sort of create this experience for, for folks that, that they really dig, that, that really resonates with them. And I feel like what happened to me was I, I you know, they, I, everything was going well right? Like I had the right ingredients. I, uh, you know, I sort of like found recipes I was excited about, and maybe I even added my own twist to them. And I had a cool soundtrack lined up for the evening and whatever. And then as soon as the doorbell rang, things went wrong. Right. Um, and that's sort of, that's that, that is the bridge between Mm -hmm. when you've been creating an experience for others and when they start to experience it for themselves and that's sort of what happened here so it actually i mean it really took me by surprise i don't i don't know how i could have sort of uh i don't know why i felt so excited maybe it was just that i finished it at the right sort of moment in the creative roller coaster the emotional roller coaster of making things Mm -hmm. um but uh, but it definitely came as a shock, and and really that shock kept reverberating through me as I worked through revisions. I can share one thing that um, that that uh, that has been an interesting after effect. So Reaper came out last May, and um, you're a writer, so you know this, but maybe not all listeners do. Um, when you write novels or books, um, unlike journalism, where most of what you write is published very quickly after you've written the article. Um, with books, often there's a long lag time between when you write the book and when that book is published. And so, um, you know, whenever I have a book come out, it means that the first time that the public has access to it, I'm already, you know, thinking about the next project, mm-hmm. right, as a writer, because there's this, there are these long gaps in time. And so um, I actually just uh, a few weeks ago finished the rough draft of a new novel. And, um, and that creative process 
was very, very different from Reaper. So what I actually, uh, what happened was I, I, in order to try to avoid the problems that I had created for myself with Reaper, I created an extensive outline for this story before writing it. And I, and I said to myself, oh, look at me, I'm so smart, right? If I outline this um, sub, you know, in substantial enough depth, um, I won't be surprised mm -hmm. at the end by problems I didn't anticipate. And then I got bored with the outline. I worked on the outline for two or three months, or maybe three or four months. And I, I had sort of, it, it was like by trying to plan the story so extensively, I killed any curiosity I actually had about the story. Um, and so I, I was already, and I, and I said to myself, well, if I'm this bored, at the outline stage, I mean, there's no way I could write this novel. Are you kidding? Um, and so I, I didn't know what to do. And I, uh, but one night I woke up in the middle of the night and you know, those dreams where you're left with a single remnant image that mm -hmm. has so much emotional valence but like you can't remember the context for it right you yep. don't know what the dream is about you're just left with that one image and so i was left with this image and i rolled over on my side and i made a note just like just like uh, one or two sentences like describing that image and then i went back to sleep <laughs> and i woke up the next morning and i read the note and i thought wow that would be a really interesting opening for a novel. Just the just the word, just those sentence, that that sentence would be a really interesting opening sentence for a novel. So I threw out the outline and I you know like in order, you know, as a creative person you always hedge, right? You're like, mm -hmm. well, I'm not going to delete the outline. <laughs> I just won't use it, right? Um, well, that's, that's, so, that's the benefit of scrivener. If you've scrivener, exactly, you just drag yeah. it into a little box somewhere that's, that's Exactly. Uh, yeah, I used Ulysses, but similar. Yeah. Um so yeah, so I but I I basically said, you know, forget the outline, I'm done with it. Um and I just took this sentence and I put it at the put it in an empty document. And I and I decided to write the next sentence. And then the sentence after that and the sentence after that. And soon I had written a paragraph and then a page and then a chapter and then two chapters. And I wound up writing this latest rough draft sentence by sentence the entire way. Mm -hmm. I had no, I had no, I was not working from an outline. It was so literally in, so in, sentence in, by sentence. In the fiction world, that's called pantsing, right? So you were pantsing to a degree. Sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, everybody has their favorite metaphor for it. But yeah, I was just, you know, I had no plan, right? And um, and what I found was sort of interesting. So when I was writing Reaper, and then I got this feedback showing that the story was broken, I, uh, it, I was in this creative crisis. Like, oh my God, I had all of these ideas about how this story would work and they shattered on contact with reality right mm -hmm. like in the event those ideas failed and so whenever you have something you're attached to 
and it fails, like you, that's, it's a loss. You have to get over it, right? Like in order to move on. And what I found with writing this latest manuscript sentence by sentence was I was effectively in a chronic creative crisis. Like literally every time I hmm. opened up the document, I didn't know what was going to happen next. So I, <laughs> I was like, I hadn't, it was almost like I had nothing to be attached to. Or if I had little ideas along the way, like many of them didn't work, but it didn't feel as emotionally consequential that they didn't work because I was like, well, I'm just whatever, I'll just do something else. So, um, so what ended up happening is the, the book went in d directions that surprised me all the time. Um, but I had less sort of interior struggle with those changes than I've had on any previous manuscript. And it was almost that by becoming, by facing that kind of discomfort again and again and again, just like building a muscle, I got more used to it. Mm -hmm. Just like, oh, I'm used to feeling like I don't know what's gonna happen next. And that makes it okay. That makes it feel like I'm, and an actor doing improv, right? Rather than a screenwriter who just got notes from a producer saying that everything needs to change. Mm -hmm. hmm. So, and and just to just to round it out, do you think that do you think that the previous the Reaper novel, uh, you were you did a you did a massive outline for that? I suspect, right? I did I did an extensive outline. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and not 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 to the extent that not to the ambition of <laughs> of, this of other the one. failed outline, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to see if there was a connection there, but I think that's, I think it it I think what it, it sounds like what happened is you just you just realized that so or you were sort of blinded to the faults for various reasons, uh, and it's, mm -hmm. none of them were negative. I don't think. I think it's just a it's an interesting. I think it's an interesting view of creativity, which I don't think a lot of people mm -hmm. actually can actually have and i don't think they're not a lot of people are privy to this as well which i think is really important to explain um yeah i mean i also think it's sort of interesting like when i look at friends who make other things like they make software or they make you know whatever like all all of these are acts of creativity and there's obviously a big push in you know when you make software to try to get early users right so you can sort of see how they're interacting with the thing you made so that you can then use what you learn to make it better. And writing novels is sort of interesting because the as a creative act because the feedback loops are so long. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like Jerry Seinfeld is famous for testing jokes like literally every night uh, for effectively his entire career. So he would write jokes, write new jokes and test them on tiny audiences and comedy clubs every night and like when you see his comedy special you're seeing like jokes that have been performed hundreds if not thousands of times and you're only seeing the best ones right he's dropped 99 percent of the jokes mm -hmm. um but when you write novels you know i i spend many months or sometimes years working on a novel before <laughs> uh anyone else sees it but right like literally before anyone else reads it and 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 so the and even when people do read it i mean you know it takes a while to read a novel so mm -hmm. 
Um, so the feedback loops for writing novels are unusually long. Um, uh, it, you know, it's like, it's hard to, to solicit that kind or you, there's, there are, there isn't an easy way to accelerate that feedback loop. So I think that's also part of mm -hmm. this experience, right? It's like, that's part of the nature of writing novels. And, and, you know, some people might say like, oh, why don't you share chapters along the way with an outside reader? And I actually tried that with this, um, most recent rough draft. Um, I was sending chap, my wife, uh, the chapter chapter by chapter for maybe the first third of the book as I was writing it. And it was, it was interesting, but I realized that it wasn't yielding the kind of, uh, like res like feedback that, that I would mm -hmm. find useful. And that's for a very specific reason. Like it's when you, a chapter is not a novel, right? Like when you tell a joke, the the joke has internal symmetry you have the setup you have the payoff you have the punchline right like if you only tell someone the beginning of a joke without the punchline they can't give you <laughs> like their response to it will not tell you anything about how good of a joke it is yep right and that's what i found with novels that because the form is this package like you in order to give useful feedback on the package you need to have the whole thing and so that means that it's just really long cycle times i feel like we completely geeked out this episode this is usually it's like somebody <laughs> who's like oh i had i had a, I had a problem <laughs> with a with a business problem and now and now we basically like for me this is i love this stuff but i think i think this is an interesting view inside of creativity the idea that it does take that for longer form pieces of almost anything art uh writing even like i don't know school projects or, or work projects mm -hmm. that if you don't have that, if you don't have that constant feedback, you can fall into a hole. Right. I think that's, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the answers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always think about this and I think that there, like you said, there are parallels to many other fields, but I always think of a novel, both novels I write and novels I read as a collaboration between the author and the reader. Mm -hmm. That the author of a novel, the only thing they're doing is they're putting these little weird symbols on, like they're putting these black marks on paper. They're, they're an architect. They're not, they're not uh, a construction worker. They're just creating these suggestions, these weird hints, these clues, and that the reader is actually the detective putting those clues together. The reader is the construction worker taking that blueprint and building the story in their imagination. And so the act of fiction is only occurs when someone is actually reading a novel that has been written. It's only like, that's only, that is when, that's when it actually happens, right? It's mm -hmm. not in the writer's work that fiction is created. It is in a reader engaging with it that, that uh, fiction is really created. And I think that that's there. I mean, I can only imagine that the, the that that would ring true for musicians, right? That 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 what really the the art is in that confluence of listener and performer, um, or listener and recording. And you know, if you or or if you make tools, that that it's in the act of using the tool that the beauty really lies, not in the act of the not in just like the object of the tool itself. Mm -hmm. And and I think that. 
that's where that that feedback loop sort of occurs and and it's where i try to focus my intention when i make things fascinating Elliot Pepper, thank you for joining us. Uh, Elliot's the author of Reaper, his latest book. It's your 10th book, which is pretty wild. Uh, and again, as I said, I want to be you when I grow up. Uh, hopefully we can all we can all learn from this uh, little bit of uh, creativity shared. Thanks so much for having me, John. This has been a pleasure. <laughs> this has been Keep Going. I'm John Biggs. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Keep Going. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going.